Hello, welcome back to Ramsey's Recaps. It's me, Courtney, the host. I do this every week. And today, I'm with my friend Grayson. <laughs> Again. Hello, hello. It's glad to be back for a third episode. I think you're the first person to be on three times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> you're my most easily accessed guest, so... <laughs> Are you telling the listeners I'm easy? Because if so, um, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grayson, um, have you been? <laughs> you know, surviving a global pandemic, watching my home state go through a blizzard and almost completely destroy itself, and now they're going to be unmasked. And uh, yeah, so I'm great. So great. Oh. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week we're in New York again. This is like our third week in a row being in New York, so that's exciting. But we're fully in New York City this week in Manhattan in Times Square at the Black Pearl, a seafood restaurant specializing specifically in lobster. It's a lobster shack. Mm-hmm. So you hate seafood. <laughs> I really, really do. So before you even ask it, I would never eat here. <laughs> I would never eat here. I would also probably never eat here, um, except maybe for like fish and chips. But I can get fish and chips anywhere for $20 cheaper. So yeah, it also looked like this was like maybe like 45th or 44th Street, like right right on Times Square almost. Oh yeah. It's in the middle of Times Square. It's like next to where it's probably it's basically where the red lobster is now, probably. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. So the lobster shack or not the lobster shack, the Black Pearl is a lobster shack that is owned by three people, Brian and David, who started the business in like the lower Manhattan area together. And then they re- they put like an ad in the newspaper for an investor. And then they- that's how they got Greg. So there's three owners. And then they moved the business from the lower Manhattan area to the uh, to Times Square. I just like lost my entire train of thought. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because all three owners have very different ideas on how to run the restaurant, the restaurant has like three very distinct looks in it. And also the three owners are never there at the same time. They don't communicate except for like text messaging. And this is still like flip phone era. So they're like T9ing their way to the top. So. <laughs> it takes you like a minute to type an E. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine being like angry at somebody and trying to angrily text at them on T9? <laughs> oh, Oh, as a teenager with a Razor flip phone, I was so fast. Never had to look at my phone. Mm-hmm. I could oh, master texter. Yeah. When I was in middle school, I had a an LG chocolate phone, which was one of the ones that slid up. And it had like the little keyboard. And I was never really great at the T9 texting. But in high school, I got a, a phone that flipped sideways and had a full keyboard. And I got really good at texting like that without looking so you know an era children today will never know (laughs) nice so 
they started to lose money, which is when the relationships went bad. And everyone hates David. Everyone thinks Brian shouldn't even be there. And that Greg is the hardest working owner, but he's easily frustrated. And so it's hard for all of them to like work together. And so this, like the staff is like, we don't really know who to talk to for things. So we just kind of do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you want, do, you, do you want to describe what the inside of the restaurant looks like? Do you remember? I mean, it, there's like the, the shack or old shanty bar which it's like a TV bar, yeah. Which even we'll talk about after the reno, but I was like, okay, so there's that, and then there's like a couple booths that mm-hmm. have a very different style, and then just almost like three different sections of chairs, and they all looked different. Yeah, and it's also very red. Everything was very red, but not like a good red. It was like like a faded fire truck engine red. I was like, eh. Yeah. And then it definitely had like the plastic fish on the walls too. Like a giant swordfish for no reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did have that. Oh, at least they did have a swordfish dish. So, yeah. you know. It, did make, it was all in theme. It just wasn't a great theme. <laughs> yeah. And in very much like a New York, especially Midtown restaurant, it's just like, very narrow but long like just mm-hmm. went a mile back so the kitchen was pretty big for like a new york establishment mm-hmm. as well though which is good because there were three chefs back there and they had a lot yeah. of work to do so and so they, gordon arrives definitely one of the cleaner kitchens yeah there was not a kitchen inspection on this episode and i will say off the bat that the chefs all, all seemed very competent it was the owners who were like definitely the problem and we'll get to the food in a minute, but the food was like meh. It was meh food. So Gordon arrives and none of the owners are there when he gets there. He like says, I walked from my restaurant a few blocks down. I opened my restaurant nine months ago and busted my bowls ever since. And <laughs> and then he he walks in the restaurant and all of these servers and everyone else who works there is like waiting for him at the bar. And then he's just like talking to them and David walks in looking like, like a mob boss. <laughs> such a dude. Ew, David. Ew, David. He just such a douche, like from the jump. <laughs> yeah. He's immediately a dick to Gordon. I believe he calls him Gordon the entire time too. He never calls him chef Ramsey, which is so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. This man is here to help you. <laughs> David is unimpressed by Gordon, which is hilarious because I don't think Gordon is there to impress you. He insists that he's a hands-on owner, that he's on the at the restaurant like three or four days a week. Everyone else is like, you're here maybe two days and you don't even do that much when you're here. So already we get some conflicting things from David. And so Gordon sits down to eat. He orders clam chowder, a lobster mac and cheese, and all three lobster rolls from his very enthusiastic server, Stephen. <laughs> Okay, for, first off, you know Steven and that other guy waiter either dated or fucked, like, you know. Like, the gay waiters were just rampant this episode. I was like, everyone's trying to put their equity card, like, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, and you know both of them work at that restaurant because it's close to Broadway mm-hmm. and all of the auditions that they need to get to. They were like, you know, I, I go to Pearl Studios, 
I audition, and then I come here. Like, <laughs> well, because Steven looked like he was about to burst into song and dance at any moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of energy, a lot of energy for a waiter. Yeah, so he literally says his name to Gordon like three or four times. He's like, by the way, my name's Steven if you need anything. And he like has a little talking head moment where he's like, oh, it was really fun when Gordon and I like messed around a little bit and like had a little joke because he isn't the devil that everyone sees him as. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Calm down, Steven. <laughs> yeah. This is his 15 minutes, Grayson. This is I what know. he did and he was, he was like, you know what? People are going to watch this episode and be like, that kid's a fucking star. <laughs> that that server in that one episode of Kitchen Nightmares, hire him. That's yeah. what they're going to say. <laughs> Marge, would you call him in? I just want to know if he can sing. I just want to know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. I, I don't know. But yeah, put him um, in the books. It must be so miserable to be the people trying to do like these stupid shows in New York where you know all the waiters are actors and actresses and all of them have to be in everyone's fucking business going, oh, by the way, my name's this and here's my card and my headshot, like just in case, you know, just in case. It's gonna be fucking mm-hmm. annoying to be some producer being like, we're just here for the restaurant. I don't, I don't care about you. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't care. Yeah, do you own a that's failing no fuck off (laughs) so gordon gets his clam chowder and it's like watery Mm -hmm. which is not how a chowder should be he says the the mac and cheese is too rich and the lobster rolls were like too wet like the bread was soggy and there was no salt on any of them david claims later that the recipes are all from maine and that's why they don't have salt on them. And Gordon says, well, I lived in Maine for three months. I know they have salt there. And David's like, well, if you lived in Maine for three months, then you would know that this is how they do it in Maine. <laughs> it's just like, okay. It was, yeah, like super defensive. Because at first, like anytime it's something with the food, I was always like, okay, what did the chef do or something? But the chef is just like, no, I make it the way he makes me make it. Yeah. Or I do not put seasoning on it. Because that's the way he wants it. Oh, he also gets the mussels Bangkok, which he just says tastes like too spicy. It's just spice. So they're not good. Whatever. The three owners sit down with Gordon and Greg says that he doesn't like Brian and David. And David and Brian said that they don't like Greg, even though Greg is like their main investor at the moment. Like Greg asked to be in this business and you said yes. So... (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, Gordon learns that they are $250,000 in debt and that they're like slowly running out of money but I don't know they seem like three wealthy white men I don't think they're actually running out of money I remember after Gordon stopped talking to them he like goes outside for a minute and he's like I'm surrounded by grumpy dopey and whatever what am I snow fucking white (laughs) I I started cracking up. I was like, oh, God. Like, what writer was like, say this, say this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need to know who, who, who is Gordon's joke writer for this show. <laughs> I mean, because no one, no one in their right mind is like, yeah, you know what? I think this needs a Snow White analogy. Like, just, I, mm. you know what this lobster pack in Manhattan needs? Snow White. <laughs> Snow White. It just is, uh, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> so Gordon returns to witness the di- dinner service. Is this? No, Brian is there for this service. It his whole service is weird. 
David is expediting, which everyone seems confused by because David is never in the kitchen. And so they're like, he doesn't do a good job. Food is sent back. They like fuck up fried shrimp, which is like the easiest food in the world to make because you're just deep frying shrimp. It takes two minutes. It was raw. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So David gets very upset when the tables like bring their food back. And so he goes out to like a guest and is like, what were you complaining about? And he's like, oh, there was sand in the mussels. And he's like, oh, well, that's what the broth is for. There's going to be sand in your mussels. I was like, no, you've got to clean the sand out of them, dummy. I remember one that was definitely a gay man. He did that too. And the <laughs> other across from him was like, did we just get reprimanded? And I was like, uh, yeah, that would be my reaction. Like, who the fuck? Like, no, I, w- I would have gotten up and left as soon as that happened. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't want dirt in my fucking food tonight. Ugh, fuck me, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, why would you just, like, dip them in broth to clean? You're supposed to run mussels and clams and stuff under cold water to get the sand out. Like, that's what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do before you serve them. Not hard to do. Old food, an old fish goes out and comes back, and David thinks it smells fine, but everyone else in the kitchen is like, no, that fucking stinks. That's like an old fish. We can't be serving that. David's like, "Uh, mm, it smells fine. And then Gordon goes into the fridge and sees the lobsters and learns that they're not actually Maine lobsters. They're Canadian lobsters, which I guess is a different lobster. Like there's a different flavor to it. But David (laughs) insists that they're the same animal and that it doesn't actually matter. And Gordon's like, nobody can get Maine. I can't get Maine lobsters in my restaurant. What makes you think you can get, you can just like pass off Canadian lobsters as the same thing. It's a, it's an inferior product basically. Yeah. And he, he makes a good point. He was like, look, like, you know, like I get it. You're trying to make a buck, but he was like, I, I, as a very successful restaurant owner use Canadian lobsters. There's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot advertise that you have Maine lobsters because that, that is a different thing. And this motherfucker tries to like clap back and he uses like the scientific name for the lobster, like genus and everything. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is, it's the same thing. They're like in the same waters. And he's like, no, they're not. (laughs) Like clearly if one is half the price and one is like way more expensive, there's obviously a difference. Like Gordon is like, what? After service two, he confronts David about like, or he asked David, like, so you're in the kitchen all the time? And the chef says, he's never back in the kitchen. But David insists that he's in, in the kitchen all the time. And all the chefs are like, no, you're you're never back there, dude. Like, stop. Like, he just is lying out of his ass for no reason. There's no reason for him to be lying so much. It just makes him look dumb. I was like, is this the service where they send the other guy home? No, that's the, that's the next night. Okay, never mind. Yeah. The next morning, they have a, their first staff meeting in seven months. And Gordon asked them to write down questions anonymously and like write down who you wanted to address to. And then we'll like sort out some problems. So they basically ask like, Greg, why are you, why are you so waffly? And he's like, I just want everyone to be happy. And they're like, no, you can't make everyone happy. Like you have to do your job. And then they're like, David, why don't you enforce people wearing aprons and david only says well they know where the aprons are 
And this waitress is like, well, yeah, but you don't enforce people wearing them. And he's like, well, I don't enforce you not taking a drink at the bar after your shift every night, but you're not supposed to do that either. And she's like, why, why can't you just answer my question straight? And he's like, I think I did answer your question. (laughs) It's at that point that, you know, Gordon was like, all right, camera's down for a second. What the fuck did you just say to her? Like, yeah, because he's like, all right, now camera's back up. And he lays into him. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, because David, like, at the end of the day, he's just gaslighting everyone. He's, oh, like, yeah. fully gaslighting everyone. And then Gordon asks, like, who is your favorite to work with, basically? And they, everyone says Greg. And so for that dinner that night, he says, we're going to send Brian home because he sucks and he doesn't do anything except sit in the office. And so we're going to send him home. He can be a silent partner. It's fine. For half the service, David, you'll be in the kitchen. Greg, you'll be out front. And then halfway through, we will switch and see how that works and see who does better at what. And so David and Greg, like, go up to Brian. And they're like, you can go home tonight. And Brian's like, oh, okay. And he just hops in a cab. <laughs> he doesn't question it or anything. He's like, okay, I don't want to hear He did question it because he went right to Gordon was like, like, are you sure I can go home? Like, it's okay. Like, I just, I don't want to step on your toes, Gordon. But like. I was told to go home. And Gordon's like, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you offended? He's like, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm glad. Thank you. But I, I'm going to go home. Okay. But you can tell that Brian just wants nothing to do with the business. He just is like, I just want, I just want to make money. That's all I care about. But it was such a cute moment when he like really like, like a toddler was like, okay, like mom and dad said I can leave, but like teacher, can I? Like, <laughs> it's, it was it was adorable. No, I also love that Gordon the entire time is like, God, this guy just needs to get out of here. We just can't have Brian here anymore. <laughs> He's just like dead weight. I don't even think he talked to him any other time. <laughs> I don't no, not at all. He like, never addresses Brian ever in the entire episode, except for when Brian's like, Daddy, can I go home, please? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So Gordon also makes a special for the night. I don't remember what it was. It was probably something fishy. I don't really care. Um, (laughs) I don't remember what the special was for the night. And yeah, my notes don't say either. So it was like, again, the chefs know what they're doing in this episode. So like he doesn't have to teach. There's no Gordon Ramsay teaching montage. There's no kitchen inspection except for like the lobster moment. And there's no Gordon Ramsay is hot moment. So this episode truly doesn't have any of the good things in it (laughs) except for the shitty owners. And ugh, they were pretty shitty. It's pretty they're great. so shitty. They're so shitty. The drama in this one is good. The food is meh. Yeah. <laughs> David starts off in the kitchen and Greg starts off in the front of the house. Greg is a great people person. Like he he knows how to please the customers. He knows how to work with the staff very well. Everyone really likes working with him. Everyone hates going into the kitchen to ask David where their food is because David just like is rude. So rude. Like, there was one point Stephen went back there and was like, by the way, I wrote gluten-free on this one, just so you know. And David just goes, I think I could have figured that out. We have several brains back here. And he's just like, I was just making, okay, whatever, whatever. I think at one point David tried to joke around with the other server and he was like, hey, can I just like know where my like shrimp is? And he's like, do you want me to rip your heart out? Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I was like, But we all know, we all know that boss or 
relative that's like, let me say this really stupid fucking fake joke. And then like that pause. Oh, it's I'm joking. I'm joking. You're like, oh, oh okay. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> I lived another day. Yeah, so David is rude to the staff in the back, and then they move him to the front, and he's just rude to the customers in the front. And so, like, it doesn't really matter where David is. He's just an asshole all around, 24-7, 365 days a year. I will say David does do better expediting than Greg does, because he, like, is a little more organized. Greg gets very flustered in the kitchen Mm -hmm. when he goes back there, and, like, tickets get messed up immediately. And at least when David was back there, food seemed to be coming out consistently i guess but i don't know at the beginning of a service it's always easier yeah you know like it's always easier at the beginning of a service so yeah they definitely gave greg the harder part of service to do so i don't know rude greg struggles in the kitchen like food gets mismatched but ultimately greg like gets all the dishes out there and it's ultimately fine it's whatever. Next day, makeover. This is actually the first good maker makeover, I think, in a while. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Because it, it looks like a really cute seafood restaurant now. Like, it's like a gray-blue color with, like, some fun lobster, like, decals. And, like, they got a fun crane machine. Like, a like a stuffed animal claw machine but instead of stuffed animals it's lobsters and if you win a lobster you get to eat it for free basically which is really cool and they like took that tiki bar area and made it look more classy and yeah i think it's a good makeover did you like it did you like the makeover? yeah i really i was like i was like oh like finally an improvement you know and it just in its basic of just like making everything uniform to where it looks like one restaurant instead of like a weird mismatched shit. I still don't like really the bar area though. I, I just hate that like shingled roof thing. I was like, this is stupid. They uh, they kept the roof of the bar, which seemed like a mistake. I think they mm-hmm. took some of the like frills off of it to make it look a little nicer. So maybe it was just like too firmly in there to get out overnight. <laughs> Yeah, but um, along with the new restaurant look and claw machine, uh, Gordon has also made a new marketing plan, which is (laughs) which is a man in a lobster costume, (laughs) and they're gonna go to Times Square (laughs) and hand out flyers and (laughs) T-shirts. Which they did the same thing for. If you go all the way back to episode two, which seems like a lifetime ago now, uh, they did the same thing with Dylan's when they made it per Nima, except for that one, it was like they got belly dancers, which seems a little offensive. (laughs) So at least least this one was just lobsters and not like belly dancers. (laughs) But didn't you find it fascinating that Times Square looks nothing like that anymore? It is wild how much it's changed in like 10 years. Like Times Square now, uh, listeners, if you're not in New York City, is basically an open mall. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And like there's no real streets through it anymore. Mm-mm. Now it's packed with 
creepy, deformed characters everywhere. Yeah, Times Square now is like a Red Lobster, the Hard Rock Cafe, an Olive Garden, an Old Navy for some reason, and like an Oshkosh Bagosh. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and then there's like some Broadway theaters thrown in for good measure. (laughs) Yeah, it it just it doesn't look anything like you think it does anymore. Yeah, the the TKTS like stands where people can sit also take up so much room and yeah there's just there's a lot going on in Times Square even when there's nobody there which is very upsetting I think because there's surely nobody there right now so but it was also in like David was like oh they're just giving flyers out to tourists that aren't gonna come I was like I mean he's not wrong like <laughs> yeah but it's I get why you would want to go to Times Square to do it because it's high foot traffic and because it is mm-hmm. tourists. And if your restaurant is in Times Square, you're appealing to tourists. You're not trying to get the yeah. locals in. Like as, as someone who lives in New York, I'm not going to go to fucking Times Square to eat food. Like, why would I do that? The only time I've done it is when I'm already there. And I feel like this was one of the first episodes where they like really capitalized on uh, Gordon Ramsay's fame. Because he was, like, signing yeah. shit, and people were like, oh, my God. So, like, he was a bigger draw than the fucking lobster costume. Because it looked like they had basically sectioned off an area for this promotion to happen because there were guardrails on the sidewalk. And on one side was Gordon and the Black Pearl team. And on the other side was, like, a couple hundred people, like, getting their t-shirts and their hats and their flyers and Gordon Ramsay signing things. And it looked like it was more for Gordon Ramsay to be like, I'm in town. Y'all should come to my restaurant. <laughs> it's down the street. <laughs> so it felt more like marketing for Gordon rather than the restaurant, which is yeah. fine. Can't afford my place. Here's a shitty place that I'm working at right now. <laughs> yeah. Or my restaurant is also down the street if you want good food. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but there was an episode where he he was in Austin, Texas for a restaurant and he like went on some local news station to say, hey, I'm in Austin, Texas to come like save this restaurant. And instead of really talking about the restaurant he was saving, he talked about a sushi restaurant that he went to that had like the best food he'd ever eaten for like 10 minutes, (laughs) which is really funny that he was like, actually go to this restaurant instead. It's really good. Have you ever been here? Like, (laughs) Oh, what a nut. So David is just fucking pessimistic the entire time. He First of all, he hated the decor. He outright was like, these columns should be yellow instead of white. <laughs> and he was wrong. He was wrong. Why would they be yellow? That would be fucking ugly. Then he was like, they got back to the restaurant and Gordon was like, here's your new beautiful menu. And everything David tried, he was like, I think ours was better. I don't like this. I don't really like this. And everyone's like, no, this food is good. You're just an idiot. (laughs) Now that it's relaunch night, Gordon puts Greg in charge and he asks Brian and David to go away, but come back for dinner. You'll have a table reserved here for you. And (laughs) the two of them sit at the table and just fucking bitch the entire time. Mm, The service is slow. Mm, Our coleslaw was better. Mm, This restaurant, the decor, it's going to turn people off. Like, oh my God, (laughs) just shut up. Yeah, it, oh. Yeah, I wrote that David hates the new menu just because he wants to be an asshole. He just, like, there's no reason for him to hate it. He just wants to be an asshole. 
Because, like, it, it's every single other person being like, oh, my God, this is really good. Like, oh, have you tried that? Like, like people yeah. genuinely enjoying food. And him being like, is that cod? I don't like cod. He's like, what? What? First of all, like, <laughs> what the fuck else is... What, what other fish are you using for fish and chips if you're not using cod? That's the fish you use. So the kitchen pretty much falls apart right off the bat. When Greg is in charge, tickets get confused. Everything is slow. People get the wrong food. They make food twice when it shouldn't have been made. And Greg, like, fully loses control of the kitchen. They don't really say how he gets control back, but he does. Mm-hmm. Which, like, sure. They do eventually get their food out, and he gets control of the kitchen, and people really like the food, except for David and Brian, who are just like, the food's fine, whatever. And then relaunches Branded A as success in the end. Don't really know how, but every episode it is, so there you go. Yeah. Because he apparently regains control, and everyone gets their food, and everyone, like, and they interviewed a bunch of people, and they were like, the food's really good. If the food is good... I think that's fine. For I think that's like, yeah, we did it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. The real fun happens after dinner service is over when Gordon sits down with Brian, Greg, and David. He tells Greg that he's a great restaurateur, that he does great in the kitchen. He's great with the staff. He's, he's going to nail this if they let him. He tells Brian that he's lazy and says that David is so full of shit that he should be a politician, that he's the most arrogant and egotistical man he's ever met, that he has no passion, that he's a liar. Gordon just like goes down, like it's, he's so calm about it. He's like saying it in a very calm voice. He's like, here's all the reasons I hate you. This is why you're trash. This is why you'll never be successful in this business because you're only in it for this. And this is why you should probably go just jump off a bridge. Like <laughs> It is it's such a good read and while he's doing that david is just like literally like a fucking child just like being like fuck you fuck you fuck you at one point he calls him gordy he's like yeah i can disrespect you gordy i was like motherfucker <laughs> and gordon's like i just built you a new restaurant from scratch and this mm-hmm. is what you want to say to me yeah he's like you're ungrateful <laughs> And then I think he does kind of backtrack and is like, I, I, like you did good things, you did good things, but like you're, you're like I'm ready for you to leave. David basically tells Gordon to go fuck himself, and Gordon's like, "All right, bye." <laughs> he leaves, and he because Gordon's recommendation is like, "You need to get out of this business. Like you need to leave because this business has a chance for success, but you don't. Like you, you yeah. are going to hinder it." He's, he's basically said if you and Brian just go away and be silent partners, Greg can make this thing run on its own, basically. Like, it'll mm-hmm. be great. And it's all it's all ego. Complete ego that he has. As opposed to, like, there's nothing reliable. He doesn't work hard. He's not passionate. Uh, he was such a little butthole the whole time. The whole... You'll be so excited to hear what happened next to the Black Pearl. Okay, because this was one of the... I feel like the episode ended so abruptly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, typically it's like, you know, we went back a few days later and, like, everything's fine. Or No, it was just, like, Gordon walks out and is like, good luck. Well, like, Grayson, 
they couldn't go back a few days later because the Black Pearl closed just four days after the episode aired. No. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I'm just like laughing. Yelp reviews after filming were mostly negative with complaints over the quality of the dishes. David wrote an extremely long rant about Gordon in a letter allegedly from all three owners, blaming him for the 50% drop in sales. Gordon revisits in one of the series, but the Black Pearl is closed and Hog Pit is open in its place and Gordon tries the food there and loves it. I don't know why he would go there, but okay. So below is the full text of David's rant. Should I read all of it? <laughs> yes. Okay, this is from David, allegedly all three owners, but it, this is saying it's probably just from David. Hello, everyone. Well, after three years, we have fried our last clam and shucked our last oyster. In October, On October 1st, we sold our lease and fixtures to someone who may better be equipped to handle the exceedingly high cost of doing business in New York City. As you may know, in February, we filmed an episode of Kitchen Nightmares at our restaurant, hoping for the best. We were naive, believing that the show was at least somewhat honest. We truly felt we could learn something from that jerk, and we anticipated a solid boost in sales from the publicity. The sad fact is, from the beginning, it was clear that the show was a joke. From the very first day they were initiated, the changes Gordy, Gordy Ramsay made were ridiculed by the press, hated by our regular customers, and were the direct cause of a 50% drop in revenues, and we were never able to recover financially. Our hope was that we would benefit from the publicity of participating in that horrid reality TV series, but the promised air date of May 2008 turned out to be a lie, and we were not able to sustain ourselves until the end of September, when it was finally broadcast, especially with the damage inflicted upon us by the producers and star of KN. While the partners certainly weren't on the best of terms, I do admit that we exaggerated the issues we displayed on the show in order to convince the producers to feature our restaurant, but during the week of filming in February, it became clear that the show was a complete sham. KN is simply a series of setups staged to illustrate situations that fit their script, and, as you would expect, their expert editors tell only half the story, the part that makes their star shine brightest. All of my brilliant and pointed comebacks were left on the cutting room floor. Darn the luck! In fact, Gordo's menu changes were horrible and mirrored the buffet offerings of a cruise ship in the 1950s. Lobster Bernays, Shrimp Louie with Green Goddess Dressing. His ideas were laughable and proved to be utter failures. His innovations had nothing to do with our concept of a New England lobster shack, something he clearly knows nothing about. Oh, this goes on for a while. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Hi, then. Okay, for God's yeah. sake... <laughs> For God's sake, he thinks the Canadian and Maine lobster are two different species. Maybe he thinks Canadian lobsters have an accent. Butter, eh? <sighs> he thinks he's so funny. He thinks he's clever. Finally, his big design change to the lobster arcade game was nothing short of asinine. After the filmed grand reopening dinner, attended by actors we learned who responded to the producer's Craigslist ad and were instructed to, do, to order the new Gordy Ramsay special, very few ever ordered the lobster Bernays again. And who can blame them? Greasy potatoes, bucket of oil, egg and butter. Nice one, Gordo. Real good idea. But what really sealed our fate was his bastardization of our award-winning lobster roll. To improve upon a recipe, he cut the amount of lobster in half, added lemon, lettuce, celery, salt and pepper, and way too much mayo. Of course it didn't work. It served us right for allowing a potty mouth tea bag to mess with our New England cuisine. <laughs> 
We should have taken a page out of history, revolted, and sent him packing and bleeding back to King George. Anyway, enough sour grapes. While I hope Gordo meets an untimely death so that I can dance on his grave, it is time to move on. <laughs> oh my god, dude, you can't say that! <laughs> the point is, we would like to thank you all for your support during our brief time operating what we thought was the best seafood shack in New York. My partners and I really did care about everything we offered at Black Pearl. From the inception, we did our best to keep the concept pure. We made every effort to be fair to our customers, our staff, and ourselves. We remember fondly those crazy nights with Sherry Vine, C. Lynch's Rat Pack Review, the Rasta Christmas parties, and the brilliant musings of pianist Tommy Mandel. We were lucky to have you all aboard. And of course, we have our loyal staff for all their hard work, especially Haru, Charles, Lana, Lisa, and Steve. Perhaps we'll do it again. I don't know. If we do, we'll be sure to spread the word. For now, we'll take advantage of the newfound holes in our schedules to relax with our families, friends, love and love and best fishes, David, Greg, and Brian. Okay, so that is... There's a lot to unpack there. Only written by David. Like, First of all, he never... He calls him Gordy and Gordo the entire rant. Yeah, like, like how immature. Like, I get it. I get that the the... People who go to the Kitchen Nightmares relaunch nights are probably actors. I get that because it is reality TV at its core. At the end of the day, though, if your restaurant cannot stand on its own, despite Gordon Ramsay being there, it is not his fault. Like, he gave you the tools and knowledge that you need. He gave you a gorgeous looking restaurant. You could have changed the menu if you wanted to. But you're blaming him for everything that went wrong when it's obviously your fault in in the first place. Like, you wouldn't have called him if you weren't already failing at something, you know? So, and also, if you only lasted for four days, that's not, like, no, I'm sorry. you. No, that's not your tell of how your restaurant is going to go. Like, if he left on a Sunday and you closed on a Thursday, what? So, I guess they thought that when they filmed the episode in February, it would air in May, but it... It didn't air until September, and so they thought that they would be getting the publicity much sooner. And so they lasted from February to September, but once the episode aired, still nobody cared about their fucking lobster shack, and so they closed the doors. Yeah, I don't know. David returned to his... Oh, no, what? (laughs) David returned to his previous... David returned to his previous career in the music industry and released an album in 2010. I need to find this album. I need I need to find this album. Oh, <laughs> oh no. The Black Pearl aired on September 25th, 2008 and was filmed in February of 2008. So, and it closed September 29th, 2008. So, oh my god. I need to know what his music sounds like. It can't be good. But it, like, look, in whenever they signed that thing with Greg, they were like, you know, any big issues, like then we'll all vote. But if David and Brian were a two cent, like they had say over what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. So the the website that I use, Reality TV Revisited, linked to David's music website. I'm just gonna I'm gonna text it to you real quick. Um, just really need you to take a look at that. <laughs> just take a look at that homepage, man. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <gasps> oh my god! It's like the Terminator. Oh my god! Oh, he plays guitar. Oh, bud. 
Oh, look at him rocking and rolling. God. It's the fedora with the glasses for me, Cotton. <laughs> None of these videos are able to play. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> They're not able to play. <laughs> oh, I wonder if his band had a falling out. Well, look, look, my recommendation for when this restaurant thing aired and whatnot, I was like, okay, Greg cannot be like managing behind there he can be like the owner that runs shit but they need like a manager in the kitchen that's just there to like send shit out yeah you know like you need to hire someone for that because that's obviously where you get too flustered because you have good chefs you have competent yeah. leaders, like just hire a kitchen manager that's all you really need yeah that's it and then he by all means can schmooze customers and run the day-to-day -day shit and then help where he's needed. But it, uh, do owners always do that? Are they always the ones that are like on the line? No, not always. Okay. Sometimes the owners are like just the owners. Sometimes the owners are also the chef. Sometimes the owners like don't know what the fuck they're doing. So they bought a restaurant and they hired people to do it for them. Like, it just depends on, like, what you want to do in the restaurant, I guess. Like, why did you buy a restaurant in the first place? And if it's because you wanted to run a kitchen, then you run the kitchen. Yeah. But, you I know. just have to also call out that text thing. Some of my best comebacks were left on the cutting room floor. Are you serious, David? Okay. All right. Okay, David. David. <laughs> All right. Yo, David. Yo, David. <laughs> I just, like... I'm going to say all of this is allegedly so I don't get sued. Fuck <laughs> him. Like, what's he going to do with his epic music career? This is, and unfortunately, as someone who has gone to too many fucking parties with my dad, with, you know, straight white men, older, who, like, aren't millionaires, but have, like, triple-digit money, or not triple-digit, six-digit money, like, yeah, okay, fine but you're not hot shit and you know, the ego is out of control yeah a final note is that in this video the description says that this is the Rhythm squad live walking on a tightrope reggae under the stars new york 1987 a killer band the only white boys on an all reggae show and we nailed it thanks to john jarrett sure dude <laughs> I'm gonna have to like try and find some of his music later and put it on my on the Ramsey's recaps Instagram because this is insane. <laughs> this is truly the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I cannot. I I also want to know if those waiters one ever found love together and two if they ever made it on Broadway. Yeah, I would love to know where Steve and the other waiter are now. I don't remember the other one's name because he didn't say it four times to Gordon Ramsay, but I'd love to know where they are now. Yeah. So oh, if you're listening, hit me up. I'll you come be on my show. Be on my show. If any waiter who's ever been on Kitchen Nightmares wants to be on my show, please, please be on my show. <laughs> I would love to talk to you. But yeah, that's, that's the episode. <laughs> what an ending. What a great ending. <laughs> Well, just because like, Gordon left and was like, I don't even, I don't even know how to feel. Yeah, I like, I sure hope they make it, and of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. Yeah. So, nope. Thanks for being on my show again. I'm sure you'll be on again. <laughs>
time. I know. I'm like every five episodes, Grayson's gonna make an appearance. So yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. plug anything? Do you have anything going on? Um, you know, just a subtle little podcast you and I do called Trailer Trash, where we're making our way across the U.S. of A. Watching one movie per state. Yep. We're about a fifth of the way done. So. Damn. Yeah, those uh, Trailer Trash comes out every Friday. So. If you like hearing my voice, you can hear my voice even more. Except Grayson does most of the talking on those. So, you know, you won't have to suffer through me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well. This has been the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Thank thank you for having me. And uh, peace out. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ramsey's Recaps. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Ramsey's Recaps. You can also follow me on TikTok to see all of the recipe videos that go with the episodes at It's a Me Courtney One. And if you want to support us financially, you can throw a few dollars away on Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash Courtney Style. The links to everything will be in the description and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.